Greetings and welcome to episode 264 of the words. Nope, we're going to do that again because I almost choked. Don't ask. Don't want that. We do not need that. Greetings and welcome to episode 264 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly news and discussion and culture and discussion podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, joined this week by Daffod Moody. Hello. Here's a me you're looking for. It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means, because I'm pretty sure I forgot to say that last week, but I didn't this time. How is everyone doing? I hope everyone is well. You've been slacking. I know. That was, uh, th- that was probably your worst performance of that I've heard so far. Well. <laughs> didn't give and... up. Thank God I didn't give up my day job, mate. <laughs> got, a, got a good point. I've been all right. How about you? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. It's I'm hot. also joined by Red Beard of Fox. Continue. You gotta you let me intro both people before you start having a conversation. That's how this works. <laughs> Sorry, I like throwing wrenches and things too much. Yes. We've got questions for you, Foxes. I remembered these from last night. Ooh. Yes, we have okay. questions for you about American houses. Oh, no. Do you guys put your washing machine in your bathroom? No. Oh, okay. Apparently this game, what was it called? Flipper House? I was playing House Flipper. Flipper House. House Flipper last night, Flipper. and everyone everyone in that game was asking him to put a dish a washing machine in a bathroom. And they were all American houses, so we literally just thought, is this an American thing? So I thought that's you. That's, yeah, that's weird. I mean, like, if the bathroom was big enough and it had its own, like, separation, maybe? But, like, no. Like, usually, usually our washer and our dryer go in, like, a a separate room that's usually mostly like a, a storage room and or you know like where, where the pipeline is already created which most of the time they create it for like a a storage room for tools and or appliances or you know what it what whatever extra stuff you need that kind of sort of thing and you, you usually put your laundry and washer in there like uh my mom's house like we had it in uh it was part of the same room that had a, a pantry in it but it was also a, a part of a, um a separate uh uh, like a, a sink. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Um, but uh, no, I've I've never seen it. That's interesting. I've never seen it in a bathroom before. I wonder what that would be like. Call <laughs> me. The question has been answered. It's just a game thing. That's <laughs> <clears throat> why they were all like. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think you would. Like that seems like it would be really annoying when you're just trying to take a pee. Like you're just like here, and you're just like. Like I'm just trying to pee here. Through the, past the... Especially with how Amy positioned it sometimes in the house. I was putting it where you told me to put it. The, okay. had the specific thing on the wall already. Like, I couldn't put it anywhere else. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That is truly fair. I mean, no don't don't blame me for this shit. <laughs> I never blame you for anything. This is a, this is a weird game. <laughs> it was... I hugely relaxing to watch Amy do this for some weird reason. Really? <laughs> yeah, okay. I was just chilled. I must seat fully lowered down. I was like, <sighs> I was just like, <laughs> like replying to her sometimes, and I was just like, I'm I'm that way. Whenever I like watching people do city builders, like SimCity or something, or like you know, like the dungeon builders or stuff like yeah. that. Like I like sitting back and just you know having a drink, chilling, just watching them, them make things. You know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I get that. I mean, it was a good. <laughs> It's a good way to end a day that started with me beating Dark Souls 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that uh, by 
So the so I imagine that you definitely beat it before you posted the video, but when you had started talk, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, but when you had started talking was when you like when you had said you're like um, I just beat like I like I I was thinking I was like it must have been like really really close to then. So you so you you beat it kind of early in the day then I guess I the, beat it in the afternoon. I played yeah. it for a few hours. I went on this like GGs. run. Where, where did I start? I started from. Where the fuck was I? I started from, um, I did like, I think I did three, three, three bosses. Mm-hmm. Cause I did two optional bosses before I went to the final boss. Including the fucking, that champion Gundia dickhead with his little back kick, with his little back kick. Fucking, that was Champ- as toxic as the Overwatch community, that. <laughs> Jesus. Ch- champion Gundir is, he, he reminds me of some of the older ones. Like when you fight in Dark Souls 1, I was like, you're actually kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> well, i sent you that message because like the back kick caught me completely by surprise because my my aim was this guy's got a giant fucking spear thing i'm gonna get behind him because that seems like the safest place to be and then when i finally got behind him he just went nah mate and he just went back kicked me across the, the level i sent you that message being like what the fuck was that and then i fought him again and he launched me into the air and then as i was coming down he just kicked me out of the air and i was like oh you're taking you is he reading my dms <laughs> the the funniest bit was is that um after playing bloodborne and the pigs doing the back kicks i was fully prepared for anything else to try to do the same thing and then i went to go do it to him and then i saw him kind of starting to move his body a little weird i was like i think i and then i dodged <laughs> i dodged away i was like yep that's exactly what i thought that was a back kick you son of a bitch <laughs> nope i just got kicked in the head <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Nothing I finished Mass Effect 3. Nice, very nice. Yeah. How, what kind of emotions came back? Really? Yeah, I love the I love the characters and in the games, the trilogy in general. Well, yeah, a lot of emotions came back. When I was just like, God, I love this franchise. So, what ending did you go with? I picked the destroy ending. I always picked uh, the orange one. Okay. It's the one I think they're gonna go with when it comes to the when they bring it back when when the new game comes out in like ten years time. Or whatever think, time they want to bring it out. Do you think they might bring Joker back? No, I don't no. think so. For me, I've I've researched into like theories and everything from the teaser trailer for the new one that they say like is going to be coming in everything. That's always and, like, dangerous. That's yeah, always I know that. Dangerous. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that definitely because all these theories will get shut out the window by within a year probably. <laughs> but no, um, when you see Liara, which has been confirmed, it is Liara in the teaser trailer. She's like at a matriarch's age now, which is around six hundred years old. So she's been so so she's oh. like five it's like five hundred years. Way long years. dead. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, if he yeah, if yeah. he somehow survived that explosion, even though they had that cheap ass ending of him. Breathing at the end, <clears throat> everyone's basically dead. Even my beloved Tally and Garrus, everyone's dead. <laughs> maybe, uh, probably Grunt, Grunt, maybe not, because Krogan can live for a long ass time as well, because I'm pretty sure Rex says he's like 600 years old in the game himself. So Grunt, uh, yeah, Grunt, um, he could still be alive the- theoretically, but no, I think it's, um, yeah, about a good hundreds of years into the future, and I just have this feeling, uh, you know, I, I I'm just, you're gonna go. No, it's not. They're not doing this, David at all, Amy. But I think it's gonna be a crossover between with Andromeda. Well, yeah, obviously. 
why, why the, one, there was Andromeda dialogue in, in the teaser trailer, and two, why would they set it that specific the period there of time? Well. <laughs> and the galaxy's there. They show the galaxy right at the beginning as well. Like, I need they to show the Milky Way to... and the Andromeda galaxy. They, so just, they, just, they just happened to set it at the same time as Andromeda was happening. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I need to beat Andromeda so I can actually under, like know what the ending is, at least. The ending... Is what is it plays out how Mass Effect 3's ending should have played out. Hmm, interesting actually. Obviously okay. on a smaller scale, because you know. Yeah. Yeah, versus like our entire universe versus that that planet. Why well, which I imagine you go to other planets, so I don't think it's the entire universe in Andromeda, right? No. Or is it, it is they don't the have entire, a, they oh, don't no, have okay. like okay, super nerdy time. They don't have mass relays in Andromeda, so Well yeah, I guess, they yeah, can only go sense. like one cluster would... of, of stars. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, actually, I totally. Okay. Super nerdy. But yeah, I am super excited. Uh, I'm going to be playing Andromeda one again soon, and my intention is to replay as Femship soon as well. Because I've kind of, <laughs> I've really got the urge to play as Femship. <laughs> I gotta bang my boy Garrus. I'm gonna get <laughs> it in there. You want shut up about banging Garrus? I won't. Bang Garrus and befriending Tally as my my girl. He managed to talk about it in the fucking Mass Effect One video about Bang and Garrus, and it's just like, can we just can we just wait <laughs> till the right game? Is that okay? Is that right? Is that fine? Yes, dear. But I am. Um, <laughs> I am thinking about doing a special Dark Souls stream just for you foxes because I got the fist weapons. And oh, a level yeah? plus 10. <laughs> so I was thinking about just it. trying to see if I could just... I'm not going to play through the whole game trying to punch things, but I figure if I can get through like the first bit of the game... Because I kind of <laughs> like made a promise <laughs> on the Dark Souls 1 stream that I didn't really fulfill. <laughs> of like, let's punch things. I mean, to be fair, yeah. Like After it, everything wanted to punch you, it was just like... Mm, like have fun. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Bye. <laughs> then everybody's gone. <laughs> I've been abandoned. Yeah, my uh, my little little to no experience with fist weapons because when I when I basically come up with a gargoyle and I wanted to use them for the first time, I was like, <laughs> "This thing's gonna take too long," yeah. <laughs> and I gave up on them. <laughs> I've got. Oh, I forgot to say, Henry. I know the racing name. We're gonna. I'm gonna have uh, F1. Words about racing. How'd you manage to come up with that? <laughs> Someone said it on the on the, on the stream today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is this is a podcast where we talk about the news and the culture and all the stuff going on around the video game industry. There are timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcasts. That could be an anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and some other places that I've never heard of before. I mean, I can't really keep saying that. I've definitely heard of them before because they're in my list. But I've never been to them before. I don't use them. I don't know anything about them. It's probably just easier to say. I don't. I've never heard of them before. It's very warm. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this podcast. But I'll try. Moody was talking about how uh, it's really warm and he can open up his window 
and it's going to be really warm for you since you don't live very far and you can't open your windows. Like, oh, caught no. up on the window, the sun sets like that direction, so it's like out the window. So, like in the evening, I get the the full blast of of the summer sun, and <laughs> I've got the light, and I've got the two monitors, and I've got the PC, and I've got the Chromebook in front of me, and I. <sighs> Let's get this as down to a one-hour podcast. Let's go. Boom. No. <laughs> I'll save your life, Amy, but never mind. Psychonauts 2 aims to be more accessible with new invincibility mode. This is from Leanna Ripper over at Game Informer. He writes, In recent years, the gaming industry has been taking more meaningful steps towards accessibility. Xbox has been leading that charge, living up to its slogan of gaming is for everyone, but that company is far from the only one trying to do better in terms of what it means to be a more accessible game. Psychonauts 2 is aiming to do just that by by adding a new invincibility mode, and while that decision seems to have some backlash from the community, this option is completely voluntary and does much in the way of making sure anyone that wants to play can. Double Fine reaffirmed the feature in response to a tweet from Xbox, that read, quote, beating the game on the lowest difficulty is, is still beating the game. The studio's response was, quote, if you beat Psychonauts 2 with the invincibility toggle on, you still beat P2, end quote. This back and forth was inspired by a conversation that has been years in the making, but has been much more at the forefront as the accessibility spotlight grows brighter, and more and more games aim to capture that Dark Souls and Sekiro magic in terms of both story and challenge delivered. Where many feel that their gamer card will be revoked by knocking down that saying, despite it being an option, others need it in order to be able to play. This is this much is evident with the Xbox Adaptive Controller, which allows for tailored controls so that anyone can dive in despite their personal circumstance. Quote, This is an option to choose in the game. It will not be chosen for you. It will not be chosen for you. That's not a quote. I don't know why I, I, I don't know why I thought there were quotes on that. Okay, hold on. I'm just gonna reset myself here. This is an option to choose in the game, it will not be chosen for you. If you're the type of player, the one that wants the hardest challenge possible, you can absolutely still get that with the Psychonauts 2 experience. The invincibility mode isn't taking the place of any difficulty setting, and it's not removing the more challenging ones. What this offers is a chance for those that would like and or need more assistance to be able to play through the game in a way that is doable and is comfortable. It takes easy mode to the next level, not unlike those mods and console commands that PC users love called God Mode, where you can just sit back and enjoy the journey at your own pace. And there's some quotes at the at the bottom of this, just backing all of that up. Um, I don't think I am thinking you read them. Psychonauts 2 is going to have an invincibility mode. Nothing wrong with this whatsoever. To all the people who've complained about this, go fudge yourself, seriously. It's for allowing people to be able to play this game who struggle to be able to maybe hold a controller properly or any other reason. Accessibility is an incredible thing that needs to be pushed more and more and more. Backlash towards this is just laughable and just sick and you should be ashamed of yourself for it. You're not telling you to play it that with that that uh, addition in there. You complete and utter pillocks. I don't know if Fox That's is listening for something or if he's dying on the inside. Or... I'm I'm, di- I'm dying on the inside. I'm dying on the oh, inside okay. too, Fox. Is it something I said? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I thought we were going to have it out there. Just so you'd be like, no, fuck you. Every game should be the hardest possible thing ever. 
No. <laughs> I enjoy my hard games very much so, obviously. I like we have Dark Souls conversations all the time. If you are complaining about how hard Psychonauts is, you literally have gone down the last rung on the stupid fucking totem pole of shit to complain about when you have nothing that you should be complaining about. If you want a hard fucking game, it's not Psychonauts. I went PG for everybody. <laughs> I'm glad the I turned him on. Rated R. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I love sorry. It. You don't play Psychonauts to play Dark Souls. You don't play Psychonauts to have any kind of experience like that whatsoever. Here I am, fucking eating my own hair because I'm I'm going no, no, nuts. No, no. <laughs> like, so he's counting himself down. He's just like... Seriously, <laughs> if you're complaining about this. Go lock yourself back in your own fucking basement. No one wants to hear it. No, no one gives a shit. I'm sorry. That, that's just like you you, you you were literally complaining about the last possible thing you can complain about. Why? Yeah. Leave it alone. <laughs> like, like yeah. let people have accessibility. Let people do it how they want to do it. And yes, they're still going to beat the fucking game, even if it's on invincibility mode, because that's what it means to beat the game. You got through all of it. Pretty much. Like, um, yeah, like it's good. This is great for accessibility. We've been championing accessibility here for years, um, so this is good. But like, even if you just wanna wanna play the game through on invincibility mode for whatever reason, fucking do you it. You just wanna have a chill time, yeah. Wanna chill with psychonauts, right? Like, fucking do it, right? Like, mm -hmm. I hate seeing this this discourse brought up um, because inevitably people start talking, people start throwing words around, names around like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, and hey, look, I fucking love those games. <laughs> I do. Um, they should have an easy mode, though. But the like the, those games have not like don't have nothing to do with other games. Those games are their own thing. When I played Dark Souls three over the past couple of weeks, I didn't go in there expecting I was going to have a, a nice easy time. I expected I was going to have a challenge. When I beat the final boss last night, I was literally shaking when I finished it. That's amazing. Mostly because I did it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> um i wasn't supposed to i forgot it's a whole thing um anyway the, but like if i'm if i'm playing i don't know what what are the games have i played recently if i'm playing ratchet I'll and clank up. right i'm not going in there with the dark souls slash bloodborne mentality i'm going in there with a ratchet and clank mentality where it's like i want to have fun bouncing around mm -hmm. with all these different guns of just shooting bad guys i don't want it to be super difficult when I played Judgment yeah. and finished Judgment a couple of years ago, like I got partway through that game and I turned the difficulty down easy because I wasn't, I just, I just wanted to get through the stories. <laughs> I wasn't give a shit about beating people up with kung fu moves. I was like, I just want to see the story. So I did that. Mm -hmm. and it was awesome. More on Judgment later. More on Judgment later. <laughs> really ruined my entire day. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm having a great day, and really went, ha 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 ha, <laughs> copy paste, send. Yes, I was literally like, yeah, and yeah, the people who have like been complaining about this on social media, you pathetic, <laughs> you pathetic. Yeah. You complain about people like having like difficulty options and stuff. Like, guess what? You don't need to use them. If they said it 700 times at this point, and I'll say it with as much passion as I did the first time. If there was an easy mode in Bloodborne, I still would have played Bloodborne the way I played Bloodborne. But Moody might have also played Bloodborne. 
I'll yeah. say this, if there was an easy mode on in the Bloodborne's or the Dark Souls type of game, they would sell a hell of a lot more game, pro, uh, editions than they do. That would be a lot more profitable of a game if they had that in there, because the game feels scary for a lot of people to want to try and try it. I know it's mm-hmm. a learning curve and everything like that, and it's a, and you just like you pay attention, you learn the things, that's fantastic and whatnot. But for me... I have crap hand-eye coordination. I really do. I suck at it. Watch me play Mass Effect. I suck. Even though I love those games, I have terrible hand-eye coordination for that game. But I still love it. But see, even not even we. Come on, if I if I if they had that mode in there for Dark Souls or the Bloodborne, I would have been playing those games. I may not have still enjoyed those games. That's that's a different, completely thing altogether. But I could have had a proper go at them and said, "Yo, Amy, you're right." Foxes, you rat. They're awesome. <laughs> I want to like be there, but mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. This is what I keep saying to people. Because, again, inevitably these games get brought up, even though this was a bad Psychonauts too. It's just like, there's also, I know loads of people who just want to be there. It's just like, me and Foxes will have like conversations about like Dark Souls, like <clears> we just did at the beginning of this podcast. Or Bloodborne. And like Moody just, it's not in his head. Because, you know, for many valid, legitimate reasons, you don't want to put yourself through it, which is totally fine. And it would be nice if all three of us could have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But Because then, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 even whether you like them or whether you got through them or not, like, you would have some basis of understanding and, like, how you could compare and contrast or, like, what feels, you know, how it feels like to you versus, you know, like us and there would be much more room of uh of like uh of a conversation to uh, uh between each other you know because you know you would have some input yeah but i know. mean there's the thing about you were saying about your hand about hand eye coordination as well and it's like like i always say i said it in the in the bloodborne video and i'm gonna say it in the dark souls video is that like diff- like challenge we all experience challenge it different differently like if mm-hmm. if there was an easy mode in Bloodborne and I played it normally and Moody played it on easy mode because of his hand because of your hand eye coordination not being great, we might end up actually experiencing the same level of challenge. Mm-hmm. And you might be like, "Yeah, this is fucking dope," but <laughs> because that's yep. how things work. Like that's how that's how life and works. While I will say one thing, like I don't necessarily feel bad. Like I. Uh, Okay, let me make sure I, I, I word this correctly. Um, I feel bad that there isn't accessibility because it 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 gates off and it like you know it, it definitely dissects uh, some people from enjoying the game that they can't because you know whether accessibility or just too hard or you know just some things in in and of the game like in and of itself that like actually just keeps you from enjoying it and or even playing it. And at the same time, it's like. Uh, I don't want that to be the reason why people don't play it, you know, oh, instead of it being like a reason where it's like, yeah, I tried it. And while I did enjoy some things, it's just like I couldn't get past this point because it's like it was either too hard or it was, you know, um, uh, it, it, you know, it's not my type of game. It's there's still a lot more room for convo there. Um, but at the same time, also, uh, being like having accessibility is never a bad thing you know basically is trying to wrap it up too you know and so to be honest with you like 
why they actually like don't get me wrong i understand why they keep their games the way they do but if they if they did ever really want to actually appeal to a lot more people who haven't got into it before accessibility would be an easier thing or i no i because i've never made a game so i don't know if it would be easier but it seems like it would be an easier gateway for people to get into yeah the thing i've hated about the discourse around the word accessibility is that they make it out when you see accessibility when it comes to the hardcore gamers um it's all like they say oh you're just making it easier an easy mode or anything like that i'll say this right now to you idiots accessibility is in every single fucking game in the world mm-hmm. look it up mm-hmm. just After... having volume bars in there is an accessible yeah. option you bellends mm-hmm uh, got me to swearing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Very influence. <laughs> After what was it? It was like what the early two thousands or something like that. It was like it was actually an option and feature in most games for accessibility, whether it be colorblind accessibility, whether it be uh, hearing impaired accessibility, whatever it may be. It's been in so many games as it is. And to be honest with you, the more games that I that I go down to the options and I see accessibility, like there's even options for me that I prefer, like whether it's like limiting my HUD, that's something that I just kind of like because I like the look of it, but it's, it's still, it's an accessibility to me that I like, I don't mind utilizing and yeah, more games should feature it as much as possible. Yeah. Like, um, last night I was streaming house flipper and, um, I always go into the menus before I start streaming games. Um, just to look through all the options to make sure everything's like subtitles are on stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and um, I found a, an option to turn the cockroaches into broken glass, so you don't have to deal with cockroaches. Oh, that's amazing! And I was like, that was great, and I used it because mm-hmm. I hate co- like I hate stuff like that. Yeah. So I just like turning into broken glass was just like, all right, that's cool. Like, and I'm glad that's in there. So actually, one last thing, just so it like we can move on, because uh, that that reminded me, cockroaches. Blah, um, grounded yeah. when you could actually turn the spiders into like blobs. Now, don't get me wrong. I keep I keep them still looking like spiders because sometimes I like being scared a little bit, and so sometimes it still freaks me out even when I see a giant spider running at me. But the fact that it's in there for someone to be like, "No, I don't want to see them at all. I just want to see a blob," and that's still enough scares someone because it's still the thought of like, it "Could be a spider." But the fact that you know you could turn it into broken glass—that's awesome. Yeah. You know. I want Creative Assembly to do an update for Alien Isolation just so we can turn the alien into a blob. <laughs> I think that would help. It would be scary on that game. Yeah, it'd still be scary. I don't yeah. think that would help. No. I, think, I, think, I don't think you could turn into anything, and I don't think it would help. That's true. Like, you have seen a giant blob chase up here. Giant blob, Krusty the Clown. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> oh, no. Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> I love you. As you just like running down the hall. Oh, I, played, I played a horror game on Dreams once where someone used Barney the Dinosaur. It was one of the, the things that chases oh, you, and it was very bad. Like It was uh, it was pretty scary. But, yeah, I just I want to wrap this up by just saying as well, like, there's there's a there's a prominent YouTuber out there who's like said an harassment to a bunch of people because he managed to simultaneously send harassment towards a, a video game journalist who disagreed with him and also managed to in his backpedal I won't call it an apology because it was a sorry or offended post 
um, in his backpedal managed to insinuate that disabled people aren't part of the core gaming experience. And and to that person, I said, fucking log off. (laughs) Delete your account. Jesus fucking Christ. If you don't know what I'm talking about, good. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea who you're talking about. I'll ask you after the podcast. I'm uh, I'm not going to lie. You know who it is. Uh, recently I saw a fucking Instagram about someone who actually plays with his mouth. He plays Call of Duty with his mouth, and I was blown away. I was oh, like, yeah. you're amazing. You, you, like, you, you inspire other people to actually be, like, gamers and shit like that. Like, that's awesome. Like, you warm my heart because, like, you, you, this is how much you love gaming, you know? Let's move on. Gaming's for everybody. Gaming mm-hmm. is for everyone. Microsoft has got it right there. Speaking of Microsoft... Xbox's boss is worried that gaming is losing its history. This is from Andy Robinson over at VGC. He writes, Microsoft's head of gaming has said he's worried about the state of video game preservation and called for all platform holders to come together to figure out a way to safeguard the industry's history. Backward compatibility has been a key feature of Microsoft's Xbox Series X and S marketing efforts, with the company promoting the console's ability to play a wide range of original Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One games. Many games take advantage of the new console's capability to lock and play better than they originally did, and others support features like FPS Boost, which almost doubles the original frame rate. In comparison, Sony's rival PlayStation 5 console only supports backward compatibility with PS4 games, and Nintendo Switch hosts a limited number of retro games via subscription. Earlier this week, Xbox head Phil Spencer appeared on the Kind of Fun in Gamescast to discuss Xbox's ongoing efforts to improve access to its older games and called on the wider games industry to improve the way in which it approaches preservation. Quote, I do worry a little bit about losing our art form and the history of it. When I think about old ROMs and MIM and, and these things of where these old games are going to go as the hardware that's capable of running those games, I really wish as an industry we come together to help preserve the history of what gaming is about so we don't lose the ability to go back. He added, I think about what the Paley Center did for TV. Paley early on saw that the television industry was getting ready to throw away literally the tapes that these old shows were on and said, hey... I want to archive those because at some point somebody will want to go back and watch the Ed Sullivan show or something and those things shouldn't be thrown away. As an industry, I'd love it if we came together to help preserve the history of what our industry is about so we don't lose access to some of the things that got us to where we are today and built this industry. That would be a cool thing, end quote. Asked about the future of game preservation at Xbox, Spencer pointed to cloud gaming as one solution for emulating all their systems, which is what most people do now. Nothing wrong with this. This is fantastic. It's what everyone, hopefully, is right. And like with all the companies can maybe come together or something like that to try and preserve the games and everything. Because the old games are fun and awesome, ladies and gentlemen, and when they deserve to be looked after and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know what the fox is. You looked like you were going to say something, or whether you would just—I don't know. Sorry, I've been I've been butting in a lot. So uh, <laughs> no, no, but in but that's that's what that's that's our dynamic, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, look, like we've had conversations about how, like, you know, like I, I've I've definitely downloaded emulators to play old games because just can't play them anywhere else. You know, like I'll openly admit that I've done that. I haven't done it recent times, but I've done it. Um. I do agree. I. I know a, a lot of people have a lot of discourse about like what's art, you know, nowadays and like how you save it and so on and so forth and whatever. I, I look as, I mean, <laughs> this is about to be not a great like analogy, but I let's take the original 
uh, E.T. game, which is still probably rated as one of the worst video games in history, someone still would love to play that someday because they would love to understand what the where our art came from, like where like, you know, where we started to where we are, you know, like, you know, that kind of sort of thing. And it's like one of those things. It's like if you were to look at a 14th, 13th century painting, you know, that's like preserved and saved in like some hall somewhere and someone wanted to go experience it for the first time people out there are already trying their best to preserve as much art as possible and paintings, sculptures, whatever it may be. So that way people can experience it. This should, I, I think video games, even though there are a lot of people who don't think, you know, it is art that should be preserved the exact same way. I, right. I think that be between arts, between its beginning to its middle to whatever end it may come to, um, I think that it should be looked upon as an art form because it took a lot of people to fucking make it. I mean, sometimes it takes one, sometimes it takes a thousand, some, sometimes it takes too many, but whatever it may be, art still will come, will come forward from it, and if you want to experience then it should be available. I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think, I mean, you know me, I've been banging the preservation drum forever, mm -hmm. but um, like, I, I think like if people want to like experience older games, like classic games, um or even not classic games like i would love to stream et the video game like i think that would be a fascinating experience i would love to to have that experience um mm -hmm. but i i just think it should be easily available to people um like it'd be great to like metroid dreads coming out right like mm -hmm. in october and like metro is a what 30 year old franchise like imagine just being able to like easily access the older games go back and see where see where metroid came from like it's it's not easy it's it's almost impossible in fact in in some cases it is because i know i don't think every metroid game is available even if you have a nintendo online subscription um i don't know i haven't had one of those for a long time <laughs> but like xbox is doing it right like they have their back catalog of xbox games going all the way back to the original xbox and they're saying look we want to make as many of these available as possible for anybody who wants to play them do you have to buy them yeah you have to buy them like i'm totally okay with that like that's that's you know capitalism baby but like it is what it is it is yeah at least, it is what at it least is. the options available and it's there and if you want it you can have it yeah and i, I feel like 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 plus, like you look at the other two, the other two companies, and there are other companies involved as well. Companies like Atari, like Sega, like console manufacturers of like days gone by. Um, but even just looking at the the ones that are currently still around, like PlayStation and Nintendo, like they arguably have even even more like historically relevant libraries and back catalogs. Especially Nintendo, they've been around since what almost the beginning of the games industry, um, and like preserving those games should be should be really important like it's not going to make these companies shit of shit loads of money but i think it's important because this is an art form and like to to use your analogy of painting it would be like if we lost like classic games like if we lost like it's like painting over the old painting with a new painting because the new painting is new you know like I don't know. I think we should just be bringing it forward. It's like, yeah, you can buy an original PlayStation and an old TV and source like the old games on the discs and whatnot. But what if it was just as simple as me turning my PS5 on and deciding, you know what? I really fancy revisiting Silent Hill. And I just go, okay, I've got the PlayStation, so I buy it, I download it. Like, 
my PS5 does whatever it does. It emulates it, whatever. Like, and I just I can play Silent Hill, and it works, and I can enjoy <laughs> I a game that I enjoyed twenty years ago. I know the old argument comes up about like, well, you know, we have to develop the the hardware and the program to actually be able to bring it, you know, up 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 to up to spec, so to speak, or like, you know, whatever it may be. I almost kind of have the feeling that the way that technology is nowadays, it's almost would be what, like a few bucks out of your pocket, like literally a few you to develop something like this whereas as you would see a lot more bucks come into your pocket just because you know it you would be the only source to be able to bring it you know whether it be nintendo whether it be Sony, whether it be microsoft like you sure you're not going to see world record numbers for bringing an old silent hill back you might see a few thousand you might see people who be like fuck yeah i'm gonna go play silent hill right now tonight because like it's back like why not you know i want to have some nostalgia like i'm sure there's Quite a few people who would definitely easily do that, and it would be uh, let uh, let's not forget about like speedrunners have become an even more and more relevant thing that it would be so easy for them to just be like, I don't have to go through all these hoops and bounds just to play a game that I've been speedrunning for fucking years. I could just go play it as is the way it was through how I'd want to art you know already can through something I already own. Yes, easy quality of life. But they're not oh. going to take the time of the day because they don't want to spare some dimes out of their pocket. I mean, Phil makes an excellent point in what he's saying at the very end of it and what's written at the very end of this article where it's just like the cloud can do this. Um, and as far as like the work that could go into it, it's like um, the work's been done. <laughs> Emulators are a thing. Like most, you can get an emulator for most consoles these days. Um you could work with people who created those emulators to, to bring those emulators to your platform in some way. PlayStation mm -hmm. already have an emulator. It's called PlayStation Now. They have over 800 games on it right now. You know they what? Have... Yeah. <laughs> you got a good point. They have up the 300 of them are available to download, like, but that's basically like PlayStation 4 games and PlayStation 5 games, I think. Yeah, right. it's because of the way PS3 was designed with the cell architecture. Yeah. When you, they you downloaded a PS3 game on your PS5, it wouldn't. It'll die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, like. <clears throat> but they, if PlayStation, like, for PlayStation, like, I'm only speaking on PlayStation behalf here, and yeah, like for them, the, to them, they're basically saying we are emulating, we are, the, they, to them, they are because, like, like I've just said, they got over 800 games on there and whatnot. And I know we like we've had the conversation, like, um, Phil Ryan, not Phil Ryan, was it Phil Ryan? Jim, it... Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan, yeah, Phil. I think I just put Phil Harrison and Jim Ryan together somehow, and that just makes it even worse. <laughs> but either way, what have um, you done? <laughs> what have I done? That's their final. What have you done? What have you That's unleashed upon form. this world? <laughs> <laughs> they took over Microsoft. <laughs> oh no. Um... <laughs> Um. Yeah, he said like, "What was it? Something stupid about people don't want to play." Why would so he, he was looking that. at? Yeah, he was looking at Gran Turismo one next to Gran Turismo Sport. And he was like, "Why would anyone want to play this one?" Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. Like, he's, it's a fucking he's... good game, Jim. <laughs> Even I played it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, to them, they are doing it. It's just like PlayStation. I'm just gonna say. Never fucking market PlayStation now. You have all of these games on here, but you don't see anything. When it comes to Xbox, they're like, 
game pass, game pass, game pass, game pass, game pass, and everything like that. You could literally eat, you could literally have your cake and completely fucking devour it if you push this as well. PlayStation, this is the thing about it. You may be the console market leader and everything like that, but you could literally totally dominate more miles ahead than you already are if you push this and actually properly did things properly with it. Yeah, like this this would be cool. This would be a cool thing to do. Like 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 um like Foxes says, it's not gonna make the big bucks, but like it's still gonna make some people happy. It's, it's gonna, gonna be a little bit happy. of change in your pocket. Yeah. Fuck me. If I could get access to the PS4 and PS2 game libraries, I would subscribe to the PlayStation now. That's just how crazy it is. Like Game Pass is like that only has only just over a hundred give or take 200 games on it compared to the playstations one and game pass is the more preferable it's the more attainable it's the more accessible it's the more easier one to be able to get in everything because obviously you can do it on pc or on on the xbox consoles and uh, playstation just like you we'll put your about food, it. you bought gaikai for billions of dollars and you've barely done but all <laughs> and playstation it, and playstation just coming out and goes eh we're gonna raise the price of uh, of AAA games. Great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank God rental places still exist. <laughs> Otherwise, this would be an indie games channel. <laughs> got... I think there's still a chance that might happen one day, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's Amy loves indie games. It's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Triple A process and companies. <laughs> it's getting there just from, uh, just from fucking, just like I'm trying to think of the way the way I describe it. It's getting there just by default. Like <laughs> playing more indie games and less AAA games. Like that's just that's just what's happening right now. Even though we talked about double triple uh, A games at the beginning, <laughs> we did. We always do. I was gonna do a thing. Do a thing, Amy. Do a thing. Um, it's gonna take me a minute. It was kind of like a, hey, I'm just proving, I'm just gonna prove this point. What do you think of my Sarah Ryder? I think it's cool. It looks good. Does well, uh, Amy proves your point. May I go use restroom real quick? Um. No. Yeah, let's put an edit. We'll put an edit point in here. So bear, oh, with, yeah, bear with me because the internet on the the internet signal in this car is a bit of a dead zone. But like just to just on Moody's point about PlayStation Now and Xbox and stuff. Here I am playing Yakuza Seven. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Was that easy? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe yeah, maybe PlayStation Now do need to step it up a little bit. <laughs> They do, I think, I think they are, but it's like the babiest of all baby steps because like they've just obviously bought that a uh, PC company to do PC ports. So I think they're eventually going to be transferring obviously their exclusives more over to the PC area as well for everyone, at least on the PC area to start. So they're like ten years behind Xbox. <laughs> Wild, especially considering we're talking about backwards compatibility. Yeah. <laughs> Game preservation, you think they'd be really good at being so far behind? Oh man, I'm just thinking about the fans, which I know that there are probably zero to a hundred of them, maybe actually left. But 
medieval fans could actually look forward to something again. <laughs> I'm not trying to pick on medieval fans. I just like for a series that has been dead for so long and for a character they bring back so rarely, it's just like Rottenbuck. Hmm? They brought him back. And no one spoke of it since. They released they the game of it. They did. They, they, yeah, released win. A, they released a remaster of Medieval. Remaster of it. And then they oh, never, really? They, they never yeah. marketed it. They never talked about it. It came out. No one ever talked about it. <laughs> as Jim Ryan, as Jim Ryan probably said when he, hit the, when he hit the release button, because he personally hits the release button on all the PlayStation games, I'm sure. He was like, why would anyone want to play this? It's an old game. <laughs> Then why did you put money in to remaster it? <coughs> why don't you just fucking why don't you just let me play old games, PlayStation? You've got yeah. a killer back catalog, and I would give you money. I would give you a lot of money. <laughs> because I would, would buy a lot of games. She would. We have to spend more money on single projects and single uh We've got to spend more uh, money games. making every making half our studios make Last of Us. <laughs> Remastered. Let's remaster The Last of Us instead. I'm okay with that. I can play <laughs> that. I can literally play that. I can play that right now. <laughs> Give me like two seconds to turn PS5 on and start downloading it. Like, come on. Could you maybe like remaster games I can't play? Like, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Anyway. Speaking of games people can't play, work on mm-hmm. Apex Legends cross-progression slowed by recent hacking problems. This is from Emma Kent over at Eurogamer. He writes, Respawn has been battling hackers in its online games for some time, but the situation escalated recently when hackers blocked players from accessing Apex Legends in order to complain about hacking in Titanfall. And unfortunately, it seems the saga is having an impact on Respawn's development plans, with work on at least one highly anticipated feature for Apex Legends, cross-progression, slowed by the recent spate of attacks. Earlier this week, Apex Legends game director Chad Grenier responded to a question about cross-progression on Twitter, explaining that, quote, recent hacks on Apex and Titanfall have slowed down the progress of it. He added that the studio needed to context switch to solving live game issues, end quote. Although cross-platform play was implemented in Apex Legends last year, players have so far been unable to transfer progress between accounts on different platforms, aside from moving between Steam and Origin. It's a feature the team seemingly getting to introduce, with Grenier explaining via Reddit that implementing it will be, quote, much harder post-launch since users may have multiple accounts to merge or use, end quote. Given the ongoing problems with hacking in Apex Legends and the Titanfall games, it sounds like it could be a little while longer before we see this feature implemented. This isn't the first time Respawn has discussed the impact of DDoS attacks and hacks on its development plan. In response to one wave of DDoS attacks on the Titanfall games back in May, Director of Communications Ryan K. Rigney described the situation as frustrating, elaborating that it takes, quote, weeks of work to address each new stupid thing. Instead of delivering new value, building incredible things for players, we've got people tearing our hair out, digging into the newest exploit, the new type of attack, some fresh way to target streamers or high-rank lobbies or everyone. Weeks of work thrown away, end quote. What were we talking about last week, Mooney? Congratulations, you played yourselves. <laughs> and here we are. Oh, but didn't last week, didn't the guys from Apex, uh, from Respawn were saying that it didn't do anything? It kind of did, obviously. Obviously, it's pushed the back things back, which is terrible, I think. No, no, well, they, were saying they, we accom- want- they were saying the hack has accomplished nothing. Oh, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I clarified that. Thank you very much for clarifying that for me. Um... Yeah, like you said, you played yourselves, you idiots. At the end of the day, what you've done is you ha- you've uh, pissed off a developer who you 
want them to fix your another game that they develop, and Which is not fair. only that, hmm? <laughs> wanting them to fix Titanfall, it's fair. That's the yes. only part of all of this that is that is fair enough, right? That is fair, yeah. <laughs> but um, now you've pissed off the gate. The other gamers who want cross protection on Apex. Like, like now me. you've just pissed us off. <laughs> yeah. Now you've pissed Amy off. You've pissed me off. You've probably pissed Foxes off. Um, it's just like, well done, you morons. You've accomplished nothing except anger at you. Willy Wonka <laughs> said it. You've, you, you get nothing. Good day, sir. Good day. <laughs> you get you don't solve a problem by creating a new problem, as is in making yourselves a new issue. Like, you don't, like, say, hey, focus on our game, so we're gonna fuck up your current game that you're so focused on. It's like, it fucks you both over. It doesn't do anything for you. It literally <laughs> makes it worse for everyone. This does nothing. You created a loophole to, like, it's like going in someone's asshole to come right back out to say, hey, I'm going right back into someone's asshole again, because... That's just the only loop I have. (laughs) It's just like, thanks. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I think you've broken foxes, guys. (laughs) First story, the second story, the third story. Like, foxes is on a tear right now. Like, it's good. I, I, I I do wish. I do wish that there was so much less hacking in video games. Like, I wish that we had such, we had such better. Anti cheat and cybersecurity for this, so that way companies could actually take it for real. Um, but it's also one of those things that, like, as much as I'm going to wish it, unless people take it seriously, it is what it is. But at the same time, creating problems for yourself is not how you're going to fix this solution. If anything, it makes you look like an even bigger asshole. Which going back right back into another asshole, so your loop all over again. <laughs> it's a very colorful metaphor. <laughs> you're, a, you're a snake eating your butt, your butt end. Yeah, yeah. Eating yourself. There you go. There's, you a There's a better you're one. You're a robber. If you know that reference from Red Dwarf, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about some handheld gaming? Yeah. Why not? Handheld is cool. Handheld is cool. Valve's gaming handheld is called the Steam Deck, and it's shipping in December. This is from JPS, Jim Gartenberg, Richard Lola, and Sean Hollister, all from The Verge. Here, right? Valve just announced its Steam Deck. The Steam Deck. It really did just announce it. It's long-rumored Switch-like handheld gaming device. It will begin shipping in December, and reservations open July 16th at 1 p.m. ET. It starts at $399, and you can buy it in $529 and $649 models as well. The device has an AMD APU containing a quad-core Zen 2 CPU with 8 threads and 8 compute units worth of AMD RDNA 2 graphics alongside 16GB of LPDDR5 RAM. <laughs> Just, I read all of that out loud and all I could think was that one clip from that one show. I like your funny words, Magic Man. <laughs> <laughs> There are three different storage tiers, 64GB eMMC storage for $399, 256GB NVMe SSD storage for two for $529, and 512GB of high-speed NVMe SSD storage for $649, coin valve. You can also expand the same available storage using high-speed micro SD cards. 
Steam Deck has a huge number of control options. There are two thumbsticks, but also two small Steam controller-style trackpads beneath the thumbsticks, which could give you more precision for things like first-person shooters. The front of the Steam Deck also has ABXY buttons, a D-pad, and a 7-inch 1280x800 touchscreen for 720p gameplay. The device also has a gyroscope for motion controls. Like the Switch, it has two shoulder triggers on each side, and there are four back buttons, two on each side, as well as built-in microphones. As for the battery, quote, Steam Deck's onboard 40-watt hour battery provides several hours of playtime for most games. For lighter use cases like games streaming, smaller 2D games, or web browsing, you can expect to get the maximum battery life of approximately 7 to 8 hours. You can play Portal 2 for 4 hours on this thing. If you limit it to 30 frames per second, you're going to be, able to play, you're going to be playing for 5 to 6 hours, end quote. And if you need to pause your game, the Steam Deck offers a quick suspend resume feature built into SteamOS that will let you put the device into sleep mode and pick up where you left off later. Excuse me. Valve will also sell a dock you can use to prop up a Steam Deck and plug it into external displays like a TV. You won't need a dock to plug it into a TV though. Valve says that, quote, the deck can be plugged into your TV, monitor, or even your old CRT if you have the right cables, end quote. <laughs> The deck comes with fully-fledged USB-C ports that contain HDMI, Ethernet, and USB data, as well as standard Bluetooth. You'll have native Bluetooth audio, something that's missing from the Nintendo Switch. On the software side of things, the Steam Deck runs what Valve is calling a new version of SteamOS, that it's optimized for the handheld's mobile form factor, but the actual OS is based on Linux, and will use Proton as a compatibility layer to allow Windows-based games to run without requiring that developers specifically port them for Steam Deck. Ultimately, though, the Steam Deck is still a fully-fledged Linux computer, meaning that more technical users will be able to jump out to the regular Linux desktop, too. Valve notes that you'll be able to plug in a mouse, keyboard, monitor, and install other games, regular PC software, browse the web, and more. As someone pointed out on Twitter, you're also going to be able to access all the Xbox stuff <laughs> on it. <laughs> like Game Pass. <laughs> Download Xbox apps. Like basically, it can also be a mobile Xbox if you want to be. This with is cool. The, yeah, with all the features that this thing literally has, but whether it be hardware and and like in the software, because uh, SteamOS and w while it being Linux is also very com very compatible. Um, they've been developing the Steam like OS Steam like you know layout and everything like that for so long that you know it was like. When you just do it in Steam now, like just just in regular Steam, it actually looks like it's already like a console kind of like form and you know program, so it's it'd be easier like or it's so easy to like shape and and form it to this as well. Uh, I I personally love the fact that this um, this is technically like to me all all this screams really 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 good. There's only one thing that I would say that is a little bit um, iffy. And that's calling it a Steam Deck, because there are other things called Stream Decks. And God, if you're just gonna have someone on the phone who's gonna always miss the R, and you're always like, "Yeah, get a Steam Deck," and they're gonna be like, what, "A Stream Deck? You're talking about this blue thing, you know, with the the the, the few buttons on it?" All right, yeah, yeah, sure. And then they bring that home, just like, "Yeah, it's not what I was trying to say, but yeah." I mean, like, <laughs> it's just so it's so close, it's so close to one another. But you know, whatever. And they, do, and people, they don't care. 
No, they definitely don't this because the, you know Valve has never given a shit. Yeah, this is this is what we were talking about last year, really. This is the <laughs> Xbox One X versus the Xbox Series X argument. Where everyone was trying. There were people trying to say like people are going to get them really confused, and I was like, I guarantee they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Do you want the thing that plays games, or do you want the thing with the buttons on it? I want the thing that plays games. Cool. Cool. <laughs> True. Simple. Easy. All of this, three hundred ninety nine dollars um, though. Yowza! That, how much was the uh, Wii U? The Wii U. Got well, the new up. Switch. You talking about? No, well, well, both actually, technically. Uh, the, new, the, the new Switch is three hundred forty nine dollars, so it's like fifty dollars mm-hmm. cheaper than, than than the Steam Deck. God, the Wii U. God, the three hundred in this country. I'm, I think it was two hundred seventy nine ninety nine. Mm, okay. In America, I think that might have been like three two nine, maybe. I'm I'm not <clears> sure how how much because did the Wii because the way this is described, it almost it, it it almost sounds like the better, more upgraded version of like a Wii U would have been if they actually had a bunch of fucking features to it and a bunch of games. So the Wii which, to be honest U, with you, in North you America, know. the basic Wii U cost because remember there was a basic, there was a deluxe set. Uh, the basic mm-hmm. set was two hundred ninety nine dollars. The deluxe set was three hundred forty nine. So they answered that be, question. To be fair, whether it be the name or whether it be probably their library that know that you know everyone knows that it's going to come with, I see why that they would probably p- price it at that. I mean, it's definitely a, a console price. Well, I watched the the reveal but, tra- you know. like the trailer video thing that they put out, and like they were showing um, playing control. They were playing control. They were playing Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, they were playing some other games, like some less intensive games. But I think the fact that they, that it was playing Control was pretty impressive, considering like Control's te- technology and physics engine. Like, that's a statement. Like, mm-hmm. if you know what, if you know much about that game, and as somebody who made a ninety-minute video about that game, I know a fair, I know a fair bit about that game. Um, this is cool. Like, the price is what got me. Like, cause I remember the Steam machines years ago where they were like we're gonna make our own pcs that are gonna be like optimized for playing steam games and stuff and they were really expensive so the fact that they've gone so aggressive on the price like the entry point is 399 dollars is actually it's cheaper than a playstation 5 Hi. <laughs> well the disc version yeah um to be fair valve is very big on making sure that they're price is definitely like it's interesting because valve very much focuses on just them like they don't really care about like their outside market too too much so when they price something they're like no this is the price you're either gonna buy it or you're you're not oh well you know like whether it be the index or i was about to say like like, the index like like any of their, their their vr machines like in all honesty they just price it and they're like you either like us enough you're you're gonna buy it or you're not like it's fine you know, to be honest with you, and it doesn't bother them at all, because to be honest with you, whether they hold the market on something or not, like they usually kind of go with the flow, like, you know, whether it be from programs to, you know, actual hardware, they're just like, it's just our model, you know. Yep. Yep. I like it. I like it. I might buy one one day. One day. Be able to finally play PC games. High-end <laughs> PC games. 
<laughs> but then I'd have to play Aliens Fireteam. Mm. Maybe I won't buy mm. one. <laughs> <laughs> got Please the let that game be good. I've got the, per- I've got the perfect excuse not to play it. <laughs> can't, I can't play it on my PC. It's okay, Moody. You and I are going to be co-op teaming the aliens all together on PC. Cool. We're going to be best of friends again, Fox. is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he says best of friends. <laughs> I said <Yeah>. again. <laughs> best, best, the bestest of buds. <laughs> Ubisoft at high risk of losing talent after abuse allegations. This is from Marie D'Alessandri over at GamesIndustry.base who writes... In its annual Universal Registration document, Ubisoft identified moderate risks of, quote, inappropriate behavior by employees, end quote, at the company, as well as a high risk of losing or failing to retain talent following the wave of abuse allegations from last year. The document was unearthed earlier this week by Axios, but initially published in early June. The URD is a mandatory document for public companies, identifying risks at the firm as well as its results, among other things. Ubisoft's 2021 URD addressed the accusations of toxic culture and harassment from last year in the risk factors section, saying the accusations resulted in a loss of key talents and damaged the company's reputation and image, which may also impact its appeal and retention of talent. Quote, In 2020, the movement to denounce behavior that is toxic and sexist within Ubisoft's teams led to the unexpected departure of several key talents, the document read adding that some positions could not be filled immediately and therefore resulted in delays in decision-making, postponement of expenses, or the teams concerned losing their bearings, end quote. Later in the document, the firm added that it has a zero-tolerance policy when it comes... <laughs> sure you do. When it comes to inappropriate behaviours, before adding, quote, although Ubisoft has taken the situation very seriously, making every effort to remedy it and has demonstrated its resilience, the group cannot provide an absolute guarantee that this type of risk will be controlled, end quote. The firm noted that further toxic behavior at the company could lead to loss, quote, loss of talent, an obstacle to its attractiveness and to retention of talent, loss of efficiency, damage to the reputation and image of the group that could lead to a decrease in of inactivity in our games and in revenue, end quote. In terms of legal and financial consequences, it added that it could trigger the company's liability policy and lead to financial penalties. The risk section related to toxic behavior has been added to the 2021 version of the document and was not present in the 2020 version. Last year's document saw the inability to attract and retail talent as a moderate risk rather than a high risk. I think that's meant to say retain, not retail. Even Google Docs is like, that should say retained. (laughs) I thought they're trying to sell people. Which I mean, it's Ubisoft, I wouldn't put it past them. True. You dropped this in the, in the Discord, Moody, uh, at the beginning of the week, I think it was. So I did. And all I want to say is, today is this talent. Run, bitch! Run! Get the hell out of Ubisoft as fast as you can, uh, because they ain't going to look after you, going off on the reports that we've all talked and about and read about and everything like that they're still not looking after you they've promoted the idiots who have been rude to you and that's me being nice being complete dickheads to you um and everything and even worse um or even just taking over a complete project called the assassin's creed infinite and being the head of two studios basically now yay well done you 
bastards. Like, what the hell? Like, just get out. I'm amazed more haven't ran and legged it as fast as the hell they can. Like, seriously. I'm amazed we have not heard an article earlier from, like, Jason Snyder or anyone else just literally saying, Ubisoft staff have legged it from Ubisoft. Well, <laughs> and that's how I would title the fucker as well. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we have talked about it before. It's, it's not as easy as just leaving a job sometimes. Yeah. Um, even a job that, yeah. where, like, you know, abuse is running rampant, which, I mean... Like they talk in this in this in this risk because this is a risk assessment. I know exactly what this is. I've seen them before, um, where they're assessing the, their risks in various categories. And I love this risk assessment. I think it's amazingly informative um, as to how Ubisoft is going to tackle these issues going forward. Because as they say, like in like you got to read between the lines. You can't just read the lines. Um, where they're talking about oh. Like, we can't control this risk. Yep, yeah, you, you could. You, you could maybe just get rid of the abusers and the people that covered for it. Because covering for abuse is just as bad as abusing. Like, if you know abuse is going on, you do nothing about it. Nothing to stop it. And you're in a position of power. It's just, it's the same thing. You're enabling it. I had to make that quick adjustment there. If, like, you're working at Ubisoft and you're, like, a lowly employee who sees the abuse going on around them, there's nothing you can do to stop it. <laughs> and I'm not calling you out. I'm calling the management and the leadership out. I want to be very clear about that. Oh, it could harm our reputation. People might buy our games less. I guarantee that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah that's, def that's definitely not going to stop people buying them whatsoever. The only time they didn't buy one of your games was Unit was Unity and Syndicate, and that was just more of a backlash because of Unity's brokenness. Yeah. More than anything. I was gonna say everybody Played. bought Unity. Nobody bought Syndicate because of Unity. I actually I didn't buy Syndicate, although I did play the first See? chapter because it was Syndicate's on Syndicate's a good game. Syndicate is I think it was on I think I played on Game Pass actually, and the first chapter wasn't that bad. It was it was okay. Syndicate was good. I played Syndicate and Fallout 4 at the same time, and I preferred Syndicate. <laughs> I don't blame you, actually. I think I did play around the same thing, and I was like, man, I'm really People bored were chasing me. I'm going to go stab somebody in the back. <laughs> People were chasing me through the streets for that opinion, let me tell you. But I think history has proven me right. Um, yeah, this is just more Ubisoft being Ubisoft and taking the path of most resistance. You know, like... You, you don't, I mean, they don't want to get better from this because if they did, they would have done the things to make it so that their company would get better from this. And they've done the, they've done like below, they've done some stuff. Like they've let some people quit or resign rather than fire them so they can keep all of their stock options and still make shitloads of money off of the games that got released last year. The and CEO in the still works well. there. And in the future, the CEO still works there. He definitely knew about, either knew about this. Or he's the worst CEO, CEO of ever. all time. Yeah. And we already know a couple of already bad, terrible CEOs. So, Dixie, he would trump them somehow. How would that be possible? How could you trump the Activision CEO? How? Or the EA CEO? How could you trump them, mate? Hey, whoa, whoa. Bobby Kotick's a terrible... Bobby Kotick is a terrible, awful, like horrific human being, but he's a good CEO because he makes himself and his shareholders fucking billions. 
<laughs> that's what CEOs' jobs are. But like, yeah, just my I don't short talk about this anymore. Sweet, not ranting uh, take on this is that there is a certain someone, and I shall not say his name. It's moody in it. Because I may, I may like if I said his name, I may summon him, and your demise may come sooner and swifter than you think. But somewhere along the line, someone will come, and they're going to rip and tear through everything that you have uh, to expose everything that you know you have let fly by, and then they're, you're going to reap what you fucking sow because you didn't decide to take care of it. There is management, and there is control for this sort of thing. And by all means, the Slayer's fucking coming for you. See, I know what you're talking about. But at the same time, I've recently been, watch- been re-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I went straight to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So you, you went left. You went left and I went right. <laughs> and I followed right. <laughs> and, and really just went, oh, let's go. Let's go this way. I don't need a reason to watch my old teenage crush, Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> Neither do I. That's why I'm doing it. I don't need a reason to slay demons. What? <laughs> <laughs> I got it when you said Rip and Tear. Yeah. <laughs> about. He's talking about Doom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, I, I, I legitimately do think, though, that, like, if they're not going to sort their own shit out, there is definitely a, a higher enough power that will come and sort your shit out for you because and if enough people actually like, you know, i.e. your employees or people who have had enough of the actual abuse will go to, you know, to links to, you know, well, go and say it like it is, you know, put you down, you know, and to be honest with you, you could just handle it and actually like get good people in there who will not only make, you know, your company look better, your hire and every and and every employee better but at the same time you know maybe even bring good ideas to the fucking company that you have not been promoting for a long time truth let's talk about digital rights management what a sexy what a sexy subject Pirates claim Resident Evil 8 crack fixes performance problems. This is from Jody McGregor of a PC gamer. He writes, While some players had no problems with the performance of Resident Evil Village on PC, others have reported regular stuttering, especially when swarms of flies appear during boss fights and enemies grab the player to go in for a bite. As well as during... I've noticed this too. Sorry. Fair enough. I've noticed it too. Cool. As well as during cutscenes... Well, not cool, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As, as well as during cutscenes when enemies die and in the market area of the village. So, like, most of the fucking game. <laughs> you just described, like, 80% of Resident Evil Village. A pirated version of RE8 by Cracker Empress claims to have fixed these problems by bypassing the Denuvo DRM. Empress's notes in the crack say, quote, all in-game stu- shutters. All in-game shutters. Stutters. <laughs> what? All in-game stutters like the one from when you kill a zombie are fixed because Capcom's DRM NT points are patched out, so most of their functions are never executed anymore, and the worst is that their DRM was fully obfuscated in Denuvo's VM, making it run even slower, end quote. Uh, there's a video if you got PCGamer.com, find this new story, you'll see the differences in a side-by-side comparison. However, it's worth noting a couple of things. 
first is that the two sources were captured with different versions of NVIDIA's GPU drivers installed. The retail version is being played with 466.63 and the cracked version is running on 471.11 which was released 19 days later. More significantly, the cracked version is completely missing the vampire's bite animations and according to the YouTuber who captured the footage, other boss attacks are absent as well. This is not... Like... This is almost not news at this point. That DR, that de novo DRM, like, harms the performance of games on PC. Right? <laughs> like, I feel like we have this discussion once a year. I'm really surprised that they even decided to even enable it, to be honest with you, because I've, I've noticed this too. Now, it's interesting because, like, it's not all the time. Like, for example, if, if the animation is played out and it stutters, uh, usually if the animation plays out again, uh, it's usually smooth. And it's like, the fuck? You know, it's it's always me raising my eyebrow of, like, what is, you know, like, what is infringing on the animation from playing it smoothly? Because it's obvious that it's a cutaway versus actually, like, something that's just happening to your character. You know, it's an actual, like, yeah. like cutscene that's being forced versus actually, like, something just, like, like Doom Guy falling into lava or some shit like that, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, like, um, I mean, I, I believe I've seen, I've seen plenty of games just like it's not like the games are unplayable they're just they stutter a lot mm -hmm. sonic mania that was another one when it got released on pc it had the denuvo um mm -hmm. drm on it and it's sonic like <laughs> you really need that to be smooth it's all about moving fast and i don't remember that was stutter and they had patch they had to patch um they didn't patch the denuvo out like there's been a few games where they've had to patch the denuvo out to actually fix the, the performance problems of to be fair, PC. the last time that I played Village, I don't think I ran into it again. It was my first couple of times. It was actually like in the first week or two. So, in all honesty, maybe it has been patched. It up could be that it could have been patched. If they mm -hmm. like this story is not exactly like to, like today, it didn't happen today. So it's entirely mm -hmm. possible that Capcom saw the p saw the press that was building about this, and then went shit, did a patch and fixed it somehow. But like, it's interesting because I was wondering, uh, I was because it changed all my options. It's actually that happens all too often whenever he comes patches that like I was like, hmm, what if they had a big patch or something? But I never noticed it. But she was what it was. I'll yeah, that might be what it was. The the issue is with like especially with Denovo, like the only people so Denovo obviously it's a DRM digital rights management. People, developers put it in their games on PC to make them impossible to crack, which means that they're impossible to pirate, download, and play without paying for them, which is fine. Yeah, do whatever you want. But the problem with Denuvo is it eventually will be cracked, so people who want to pirate the game will be able to pirate the game eventually. And the only people that are actually going to suffer are the people that pay for the game <laughs> and get it with Denuvo and suffer regular stuttering, Mm -hmm. um, as well as during cutscenes when enemies die in the market area of the village during boss fights when enemies grab players like that's a lot of Resident Evil Village played it all the mm -hmm. way through and it just it pisses me off like that people who pay for the game are the ones that end up suffering the most mm-hmm it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense for actually something to continue for for it's like hmm, we're seeing more issues with this thing versus actually like a positive i mean don't get me wrong like it sure it's it's there for a good safeguard but at the same time it's like you could fix it or come up with something different woulda coulda shoulda mm -hmm. 
It's basically what it is. Um, hopefully it gets fixed. That's all I can it will. Say on They'll turn it off. They always do. Like, mm -hmm. whenever a story like this comes out about in-game, it's happened like a dozen times in the history. Like, they'll just turn the de novo off, and that'll magically fix the problem. It happened with Sonic. Anyway, it's for Sorry. a game that's about to, that's got to go fast and with all its animations go fast. about being yeah, fast. To like, <laughs> I can just I can just see if I can like like Sonic person go, the fuck, what is this? No, like, yeah, it's like Sonic's a great like the great example of why this is fuck why did why like Denuvo can be fucking bullshit, right? Because the, mm -hmm. once Denuvo gets cracked, the only people who are having a good time with Sonic are the people who bloody pirated it <laughs> because that game runs properly. <sighs> Netflix reportedly plans to add first games in the next year. This is from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. He writes, Netflix is moving forward with its plans to get into gaming in a big way. The streaming giant has now hired former EA, Oculus, and Zynga exec Mike Verdu as vice president of game development, Bloomberg has reported, and is set to add its first games to its subscription offering within the year. There's no detail yet on what the mix of games will look like, to what extent Netflix will make its own original games, or whether any big franchises you've already heard of will be part of the plans. Reportedly, Netflix's current plan is to offer games as part of its existing subscription offering, rather than as a separate package or additional price tier. We first heard about Netflix's gaming ambitions back in May, when the company began looking for someone to fill Verdu's new position. At the time, Netflix simply said it was, quote, excited to do more with interactive entertainment, end quote. Perhaps it shouldn't be too much of a surprise considering the rise in game streaming via Stadia, Xbox Cloud Streaming, and PlayStation Now, and in particular the success of the Xbox Game Pass subscription, itself often described by fans as being Netflix-like. I mean, that's how it happened, right? Netflix saw yep. everybody talking about Game Pass as like Netflix but for games, and were like, bitch, what? Excuse me? How dare you? <laughs> Um, this isn't a surprise just because of how lucrative the gaming market is in general. And if Netflix can uh, get into this and do something that's similar like on the Game Pass uh, subscription service, which obviously that looks like what they're aiming for and whatnot, um, it could be incredibly lucrative just for themselves because they are, they're in the red constantly every year. They're, all, they're constantly losing money and it's not going to be very, it's not going to be sustainable in the long term so hopefully they can do and spending that little extra cash now to that'll keep them in that red just that probably a couple of more years get the games into hopefully get a good amount of games and some big hitters as well into this type of thing um will hopefully maybe get them into the black and everything and that and it's also just that gives them that extra thing doesn't it it's like oh we aren't just well, netflix we are just uh Films or TV shows, Umbrella Academy, The Witcher, and et cetera, and yeah. et cetera. We are. Oh, you now liked The gay. Witcher? You liked Witcher yeah. Season 2? While you wait two years for The Witcher Season 3, why not play The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt? Like, <laughs> the, exactly, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, anyone expecting Netflix to suddenly start, like, producing loads of games? No, that's not what this is. This is. Yeah. This is. Remember when you used to be able to rent DVDs by post? Yeah. I, I I think I think I felt my hair. Did my hair just go completely grey as I said that sentence? Like, did I just age <laughs> no, you're twenty still, years? It's still amazingly red. So. Thank you, um, <laughs> and sweaty. 
Like so, like it's that's what this is going to be, right? When when you used to be able to rent DVDs by post, you could also rent games. It was awesome. I did it all the time. Like that's why I had. I think it was a screen select. I think that was what it was called back in the day. And I used to rent games. It was awesome. That's what this is, but digitally. So like they're already doing better than Stadia because you're not going to have to buy the fucking game separately. You just if you if you've got a Netflix subscription or if you get a Netflix subscription, you're going to be able to stream some games. Which games? it's fucking netflix like so basically anyone who doesn't any publisher who doesn't already have their own streaming service or like deals with with their streaming service are gonna put their games on fucking netflix because they're gonna get the games in front of millions of people without even trying do you think they dabble in the indie uh department i think or they will think they must yeah just, yeah i think they, they like netflix so. is because obviously like netflix has commissioned a couple of of games like there was the stranger things game there was the dark crystal game like from small developers so i think like i think indie develop i think indie games all all get in there as well maybe not like maybe it's not like obscure indie games like the sort of stuff you generally find on game pass coming to game pass but Mm -hmm. like the the bigger indie games i think would interest netflix this is how big it could be for games like the small games the indie games or the big indie games etc netflix has over 200 million subscribers ladies and gentlemen that's no enough game pass is nowhere yeah game pass is nowhere near that yeah that's the thing about game pass is what 20 million isn't it something like that Uh, i don't know we haven't heard for a while xbox game i thought i heard it was like 25 or something like this subscribers it took off there during the pandemic last yeah yeah i think the last time we heard about it was april it was 23 million so in april you take take 200 million on netflix netflix Mm -hmm. just got start throwing in a games category there that's 200 potentially 200 million extra people looking at your game potentially obviously it won't be probably because obviously not all of them will be gamers and everything but a huge percentage, I wouldn't be surprised, of gamers from who have a Netflix account. And so, I'm a gamer and I own a Netflix account. Yeah, so like this is like for the in gaming industry alone, this could be incredibly lucrative. Oh, yeah, and I think so. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll have publishers, like, again, like who aren't already tied to Xbox Game Pass, let's say. Um, like, I'd be surprised if they didn't have them like lining up saying, "Yeah, we want to get a fucking games in front of two hundred million people." Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like Jesus. Yeah. Okay, the only downside so, right now. Sorry, Foxes. Go on. No, you're good. I was gonna pose the question: Do you think it's one of those things that they'll probably have to fork out too much money to actually get games, like companies, like put their games on their platform so it won't get them in the red because uh, they're like, already in the red. They're, yeah, they're, you they're, think it could get worse though? Yeah, they're already in the red anyway, so it's like they're trying to reduce that, but also trying to throw out with new content and everything. Because yeah. obviously they've lost. You've got like to... they just created, they just signed a, a a combination deal or an exclusive deal with Sony. Sony's like uh, films are all going to be exclusively on Netflix, depending the re depending the region and everything like that. Um, like because um, you know, Sony, I don't have a subscription service, this, so they've obviously signed. They've agreed to do with a netflix one so that both of them get like millions of millions of millions beside if whatever what happens i think in the netflix, in the so. short term yes they are going to spend more money yeah because they're going to need mm-hmm. to they need to set the set you can't just do a google stadia and set the service up with like seven games like yeah. True. that won't work but in the, but in the long term hopefully deals. with enough with enough renters 
But I think what will happen uh, is I think they'll be able to convince a lot of people based on the fact that they have 200 million subscribers that not, they might not have to pay as much for yeah. the games. Do you think there'll be a rent to buy or it's only a rent feature? No, Netflix. I don't think Netflix has ever done any kind of rent on, to buy on, thing, on a streaming right? service. Okay. I don't think they've ever done that. Like Disney Plus yeah. has Disney whatever premium access premium access mm-hmm. and that's only on the, to put on gate films that are like black widow uh raya uh, yeah Mulan. like new films i don't think disney i don't think netflix would do that for they've never done it for for any of their any of their content so i wouldn't be surprised if netflix decided to take the model of like hmm maybe we can throw some games into a vault and say hey if you buy netflix premium or whatever it may be like Eventually, you can play maybe. these games like, and not, of, and like their version of a rent, but you get to play them at any point in time. There's tons you know, of directions Netflix could could take this. Like they could, they could like for video games, they could adopt a, a Disney, whatever Mooney just said, like option of like a say a brand new game is coming out, pay X amount like and rent it, and you can play it for X amount of days on That's Netflix stuff like that. Like there's directions they could take, but historically Netflix has never done. True. Done that. They just raise the subscription price every now and again. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would, if this like obviously blew up and everything like that, that that price would go, go up, up, ladies and gentlemen. It would. What is it? it's like? I think it's fifteen pound over here. In the oh, UK there would now. be. I don't know. It depends which tier you're on. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think so, mine's yeah. ten, but I'm yeah, not so on the top tier. Don't be surprised if it would be up to like, twenty. It, it, by it'll here. either go up, they'll either jack the price up, or they'll they'll add a Netflix select plus or whatever, which is like Netflix streaming plus game stream. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it would be it'd be unfair to alienate the people who just use it for TV and films. But then on the flip, why, yeah, but, but then on the flip side of that, they could also just make a pure Netflix gaming subscription. Yeah, yeah, that too. I think we'll see what what happens and everything so they'll probably test the waters uh with it a lot before they actually decide on any hardcore decisions although they probably have some some decisions some kind of pipeline but yeah, yeah. um yeah i pruned a couple of new stories <laughs> i might have to prune a couple more but anyway Dispute over a PC version of Lost Judgment may see the series come to an abrupt end. This is from Natalie Clayton over a PC Gamer who writes, A dispute between a publisher and talent agency over a Japanese celebrity's role in Yakuza spin-off Judgment may bring the series to a sudden close. <clears throat> On its reveal earlier this year, Sega hinted that this year's sequel, Lost Judgment, will be coming to Steam. I know it's Mooney's left. Because <laughs> it was his fault. This is I'm blaming him for this. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, he's back. Better get, better keep reading the new story now. Before turning around and say it had no plans for a PC release, that miscommunication seems to stem from Johnny's, the talent agency behind Takuya Kimura, who plays the role of series protagonist Takayaki Yagami. Johnny's reportedly has strict policies regarding how images of its talent are distributed, which apparently extended to showing Kimura's likeness on PC. Sega, meanwhile, has seen been on been on a big PC push for some time, with the entire mainline Yakuza series developed by Judgment developer Ryu Gagotoku Studio now available on Steam. <clears throat> According to Japanese outlet Nikken Taishu, they have Akitaku, the publisher and the talent agency have been able to come to an agreement. If they can't come haven't been able to come to an agreement. If they can't come to one, it's not just hopes for judgment on PC that die, it may be an end to the series entirely. Quote, Those on the side of the game developer and those on the side of Johnny's are said to have been unable to reach an agreement regarding the platforms to sell the game. 
reads the Nikan Taishi Report. <clears throat> One wrinkle in the story is that the first judgment was available on PC via Google Stadia. But considering how reluctant Johnny's has been to adopt the internet, previously refusing to even publish press images of its talent online, it's possible the agency simply wasn't aware of how Stadia worked. I don't think Stadia was aware of how Stadia worked. Nikan Taishu's source also notes that this comes as disappointing news to Kimura himself. Himself a fan of the games, he seemed to relish playing the role of Yagami and was shocked to hear that this may no longer be possible. And then the quote that just says the same thing as what I just said. Moody... I want you to know that gif I sent in Discord when you were like, oh, here's a new story that said, I can't remember what it said specifically, but basically you ruined my day. So that's what I want to say. Like, I did uh, not do this to ruin your day, to upset you, to piss you off in any way. I won't lie. I didn't. I just saw Lost Judgment and I thought, Oh, a new story. Put it in the Discord. I never really properly looked at the article. My disappointment <laughs> is immeasurable and my day was ruined. I am so sorry that uh, that happened, Amy. I do apologize. I hope this can get sorted and clarified and sorted out as fast as possible and everything like that because uh, I know you love the Lost Judgment series and everything like and hopefully it can get sorted. Judgment's incredible. Like, I, holy I'm crap. Genu- I'm genuinely surprised like this would actually like would be a problem, to be honest with you. Like, it shouldn't that, be a like, problem, right? Like you think. Yeah, like this. This seems like the, for this to be stopping something in its in its tracks. It's just like, wait, why? Like, can this just get sorted easily? I don't know. Like, the I'm talent like... agency doesn't want the thing to go out on on the PCs. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Because like, it's gonna make a shitload more money on PC. All the games, like all of the AAA publishers, have been figuring this out very slowly over the last five years. All games that get ported from console to PC make a lot of money. <laughs> it's weird, right? But, like, they've been learning this lesson one after the other after the other instead of just all at once. Like, everyone's doing PC gaming now. So this is why the series could end, because Sega doesn't want to keep judgment just on consoles when there's a lot of money to be had putting the games on PC as well. Um... And it fucking sucks that some fucking talent agency that doesn't understand how technology works can just tank an entire fucking series. I'm I'm genuinely surprised that there isn't already some worded clause or whatever in some kind of contract through like, you know, companies and or like, you know, the actors or the talent agency that just be like, yeah, you can't control this outcome because it's company decision versus actually like Eight talent agency and care and character decision. It's just like, how, wow! I'm surprised that that isn't sorted. Yeah, like just genuinely. Fuck's sake! Well, in this case, I'm gonna relish playing Lost Judgment later this year even more because it might be the last one. Like, and to be fair, that's where I was at with the first one. Because when I played the first one, it was that thing of like, I don't know if this is gonna do well enough for a sequel, so I'm just gonna enjoy playing this one, and I enjoyed it immensely. Has the best. Like, it has one of the greatest tight end title sequences of all time. It's, it's amazing. Um, it's a great game. It's very do you underrated. Act, do you actually get to be a detective in the game? Yep. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so, like, with Yakuza, obviously, it's about Yakuza. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of Yakuza, like, characters in this, in mm-hmm. Judgment. But, like, you know, you, you the main character is... The main character is Yagami, who is... Uh, yeah, it's a private detective. 
um, he used to be a lawyer. And like he used mm-hmm. to be a lawyer, he's not a lawyer anymore. That's all part of the backstory. It's it's fucking great. It's so good. <laughs> like That's I awesome. loved it. And I'm gonna love this one. Like I, when the trailer for this dropped, was it was it at E three? Where the trailer dropped? For Last Judgment, was it just before? No, I don't remember. Like either way, when the trailer for this came out and the story trailer, oh it looked so good. Hmm. To quote to quote another gif, it was like, Stop, stop, I can only get so erect. <laughs> so fucking good. I love it. Um anyway, let's move on. Ghostwire Tokyo delayed to protect health of its creators. This is from Michael McWare over at Polygon who writes Ghostwire Tokyo, the next game from the Evil Within developer Tango Gameworks, won't make its previously scheduled release date. Originally expected in 2021, the game has been delayed to sometime in early 2022. The studio announced Tuesday in a statement posted to the game's official Twitter account. Quote, We want to get the game in your hands as soon as possible so you can experience the unforgettable version of a haunted Tokyo that we've been hard at work building. At the same time, we're also focused on protecting the health of everyone at Tango. Our new release window will give us time to bring the world of Ghostwire to life as we've always envisioned it, end quote. Tango Gameworks said it will show more of Ghostwire Tokyo in the coming months. One I of uh, Xbox they... Game Studios' biggest games. Upcoming. Let's go on PlayStation first. That's <laughs> 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 not the last time I'm going to make that joke today either. Watch out, watch out for that later on. <laughs> Okay. Um, I hope they've done this bef- without crunching already. Yeah. I hope, true. like, like if they were already crunching, then, like, I'm just going to say what Amy always says, that just means more crunch yeah. and everything. But if, you would, if you've literally done this and you've already been working at a nice steady pace, but you've realized we can, you, you can, you, you're going to need more time, then yes, this is fantastic. This is brilliant. This is a cracking idea. There's no doubt about that. Delaying a game is always a good thing. There's no doubt about oh. that. And yeah. even though we're all looking forward to this game and everything like that, we are we taking care of your staff, taking care of your developers and your people is the most important thing than a video game. And oh yeah, big I hope, stuff. I hope it's spawn. I want less games made by. What was it? What's the what's the quote? I always try to remember it and I always fuck it up. I want less games made by people who are paid less to. The paid more to work less. There you go. I got it. Not paid less. Paid more. Paid more to work less. And I'm not kidding. Paid less to work more. <laughs> That's the games industry as it currently is. <laughs> oh, wait. Wrong run. No, no. That's just reality. Oh, what have I done? What have I done? Rip. Um, yeah. It gives me hope that like they're not crunching because, again, they mentioned... Yeah that they want to focus on protecting the health of everyone at Tango in the statement, but also, like, Ghostwire Tokyo was announced a good few years ago at this point. Um, so they clearly have been working on Are it for a while. Last year, no, no, it was announced eight years ago. That was when Ikumi Nakamura came out at E3, man, and blew up the internet. Uh, th- th- that was one of the reasons why... It was one of the, I'm going to find one this the... now, and you're going to watch it after this podcast. It, it was so good because it was so endearing and it was honestly one of the biggest reasons why I was like, I'm looking forward to this game because let's be honest with you, that presentation was awesome. But nonetheless, was, uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, like, I hope, I, I really hope that they haven't been crunching because if they can show that, yeah, while Hold sometimes on. it does take a while to, oh, go ahead. No, no, you keep talking. I'm just going to say, like, Moody might be able to get it from just like me holding my muted. 
I muted Chromebook to the screen. Yeah, there you like, go. This, this was the moment. She was so cute. Ghostwire Tokyo got announced. It was like the big thing that happened at E3. Also, my oh. internet's pretty bad. So. Uh, yeah, you remember it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was that was Ghostwire Tokyo. It was oh. so endearing and so adorable. Yeah, um, she's left now, and she's she, she has left studio. the con- ta- She did leave Tango. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. E three twenty nineteen. So that was like three years ago. But uh, I hope that they, yeah, like they haven't been crunching, and that this is them. Like, no, we're we're per- like we're actually uh, respectful of our employees, and we were and like they've been working at a good pace, but they're a little bit tired. Okay, but th- we're gonna let them relax for a little bit, you know, like work at their own pace, you know, whether you know mental issues or actual physical ones. Like we take care of them, and we want them to continue liking our company and continue wanting to work here and keep coming back, you know, that kind of sort of thing. Yeah. The longer you take care of your your employees, the the more they'll feel like, hey, they actually may care about me and actually respect me instead of crunching me until I and die. I won't want to leave in high and in, in high numbers on a high high level risk. Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you do it, Ubisoft. <laughs> but good on them. I hope. I hope it's. Uh, I hope it's for an actual good thing. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Summit Games Done Quick raises over $2.8 million for charity. This is from Emma Kent over at Eurogamer. He writes, After a week of weird and wonderful speedruns, this year's Summer Games Done Quick event came to an end on Sunday with a total of $2.8 million, or £2 million, raised for charity. This year, the online speedrunning event was raising money for Doctors Without Borders, a charity that provides medical assistance to those affected by conflict, disasters, epidemics, or exclusion from healthcare. The donations from the latest event mean that Games Done Quick has now raised over $34 million for charity in total. It's GDQ. Or just GDQ in general. Fucking love it. Mm. Uh, they raised so much money. It's great. Like, I do miss the crowd. Like, because mm, I obviously yeah, like... Instead of it online. being live, yeah. Yeah, like some yeah, of the... Yeah. Some of the best speed runs I've seen from GDQ, like... One of the reasons they're the best is because of the crowd as well. Like there was a Doom, Doom uh, twenty sixteen like one hundred percent ultra nightmare run from a couple of years think, ago. If, and, if it's the same one, we watched the same one. Yeah, yeah, it's like two hours so and forty good. odd minutes, and it's just the crowd, the 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 donations, the runner, like everything was just. I watch. I, it, I watch it every now and again. It's amazing. I love it when they continue doing traditional things and like you kind of just get thrown in the mix about it. Like whenever they just yell certain things or like something happens on screen, everybody like starts cheering for, you know, one thing versus another or whatever it may be. And it's just like, yeah, the, the, the crowds are, uh, are quite, um, are quite fun. Like they're they're just, yeah, yeah, they're a big, they're a big addition to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to them coming back, but uh, Mm -hmm. these are, are um, sorry, no, no, go for it. Are they these the ones who are going to do Dragon Age? They did Dragon Inquisition. Age. They did a They've Dragon Age Dragon. Inquisition speed oh, run. Games yeah. done quick, yeah? Games mm-hmm. done quick. I'll send you some links because I'm Good starting a bonus section of the podcast <laughs> for the next few weeks because I'm catching up on all my GDQ speedruns and I want somewhere to talk about them. This is Andy's oh, ever-evolving list Origins. of awesome SGDQ speedruns. You should watch. Yes, they've already done it. Really, the whole <laughs> okay. event, the whole event is already finished. <laughs> no, Origins. They did Origins. No, they did Inquisition. I know they did Inquisition okay. because I watched it. <laughs> I watched them do it. They did Pokemon Emerald. They did a lot. I haven't watched it all yet, though. 
Well, I'm not going to watch the whole thing. I'm going to watch the ones that I want to watch and people tell me and good. Anyway, Amy's ever-evolving list of awesome SGDQ speedruns. You should watch number one, Demon Souls 2020 80%. Really good, really entertaining speedrun. Hmm. Did you know they have to oh. segment the speedruns from PS Plus and non-PS Plus? Because really, because of the PS, because of the PlayStation Five, you know the card, you know the help cards, yeah, that you can only use on PS Plus. Well, in Demon Souls, you can use those to warp to air, like areas to start the to start the, the the thing, the whatever you're doing on it, so they can use them yeah. to warp to different areas without having to go back to the to the Nexus and then come out of it. So they had a segment runs from PS Plus and on PS Plus because the non PS Plus ones were slower. Uh, some someone completed Mass Effect Two in one hour and seventeen minutes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't Moody, watched that one you, yet. You, you Moody, should watch some speed You runs. need to watch. You speed really runs. should watch some speed <laughs> Moody, wait till you hear what I'm about to say next. My, number two on my on awesome SGDQ speed runs, you should watch Super Mario 64 70 Star Blindfolded. Literally, I don't care. Amazing, <laughs> incredible! I love seeing the the Metroid blind runs. Those are pretty fucking good. <laughs> like super a three D game blindfolded. Thirty nine minutes for Dragon Age Inquisition. What the fuck? Watch think, some speed runs, Moody. I think I need to say. I think I need to take this bonus section back a step and explain what a speed run is. But thirty nine minutes. That's like a forty hour game. Uh-huh. Yep. Thirty nine fucking minutes sometimes what they'll do and especially when they had the audience they'll bring someone special on and they usually sit in the couch in the back yeah. uh, and and sometimes they'll bring on someone who's just beaten the game and like it like like they'll they'll, they'll give them the info so like, yeah i just beat this game like a week ago and it took me like you know like 50 odd minutes uh, you know hours or whatever the fuck or something like that and he'd yeah. like watch me beat this thing in less than an hour and then they're and then usually they're just like I feel like I've wasted so much time. <laughs> it's like it's usually the person just like, "What did I do for fifty hours?" <laughs> I mean, generally, a lot of the game ends up being skipped. But uh, yeah. these are incredible skill ex- <laughs> These are incredible skill exhibitions, like mm-hmm. these speed runs, uh, especially a seventy-star blindfolded run of Super Mario sixty-four. Number three, though, Super Mario Brothers three one hundred percent co-op, very entertaining. Two awesome runners. Um, it's interesting to see how, like, the co-op changes, how, like, you have to strategize as you're going through, like, who gets to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was good. That was a good one. Number four, Dead Space, any percent. Booty, did you know that Dead Space is a platformer? <laughs> I mean, I've you, seen the speed because run. Because you fucking it's will nuts. if you watch this speed run. <laughs> In a game where you can't even jump, they turn Dead Space into yep. a platformer. <laughs> yep. I oh my god! I love the ingenious things that people get to come up with in the in, in some speed runs. Just because like it's stuff that you wouldn't think about, like whether it's occlusion or like literally like how, like how you could just stand in one space for so long and guess what? You can actually build speed and then yeah, gone. it's like you yeah, know it's just like was, wait what? The, the dead space one was like the, there was like the alt they were abusing like the alt fire on the pulse rifle when you were standing against a wall and if you click it on a specific frame it launches you down a corridor. It's just like what the fuck, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was me just walking around like an idiot. Um, the last one on my list, and again, I haven't watched all the ones I want to watch. This list is going to be popping up on the podcast for the next few weeks, but the last one is Halo 2, and he present because the things that they do <laughs> to make to do Halo 2, and like, I think he does it in an hour and 24 minutes. 
It was one of the only speedruns I've seen that goes overestimate because his game crashed. Um, yeah. At one point. But um, like it's just... He turns I, himself I, into a phantom. Foxes. Yeah. At one point, he, he kills... Because he's doing the first couple of levels co-op. And then he mm-hmm. kills his co-op partner. And then he positions himself in the level in such a way where the co-op partner spawns and inside a phantom and becomes the phantom. So I think it's like the second level of Halo 2 and he just flies through <laughs> as an invincible phantom. It's like, what the fuck? This is incredible. As <laughs> much as like it's now just like a normal casual thing, I still love seeing um, the... It's the box jump, I think. The box jump up to uh, up to the light, so that you can actually walk onto the to the, yeah. the scarab, the the scarab, right? The yeah. the, the grab the walking, grab, thing. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, and then and then he's literally jumps. able to just get straight to it. And I was like, I still love seeing that. Box That's still jumps amazing. on top of like a lamppost or whatever, and then he mm-hmm. grenade jumps off the lamppost and lands on the scarab. It's just like, oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> don't yep. no fucking sprint button, and if you speed run the damn thing, you don't need sprint. <laughs> Um, okay, so we can do, like, we've got time, we can do, we've got four stories left in the dock. We can do one of them. <laughs> like, that's Sounds how much good. time I think we have left. Which one, because Moody's Iron is mind blown by scrolling through GDQ's YouTube channel. <laughs> which, which, uh, which, which one of these four stories would you like to do, Foxes? As much as I am a big fucking nerd about super mario i actually do want to talk about how sony won't appear okie dokie we'll talk about how sony won't appear at gamescom this is from james Troughton over at the gamer he writes gamescom 2020 i can't i'm just looking at the expression on Rudy's face and i think this is the first time he's ever scrolled through the gdq youtube channel it's just like they completed it in what (laughs) (laughs) they did what Some of your favorite games are about to be ruined in front of your face. (laughs) Like, after we've done this, I'm getting some food. I'm sitting down. I'm watching a Fire Emblem Three Houses speedrun. Motherfuckers did that in less than two hours. I played that game for 70 hours. That game's actually hard as fuck, too. So... Okay, uh, I'll restart that. Sony won't appear at Gamescom. (laughs) This is from James Trotten over at the Gamma. This is just me and you, Foxes. This is just me and you now. Gamescom 2021 is underway next month, but Sony won't be in attendance. Plenty of the larger companies like Xbox, Sega, EA, Nintendo, and Ubisoft will be making an appearance, but PlayStation has again again, declined to participate, much like with E3 2021 earlier this year. Also, just like with E3 2021, this year's Gamescom will be an (laughs) all-digital COVID-19 pandemic. (laughs) Initially, it held out. With literally ruined. With the hope. <laughs> Is he watching a speed run right now? <laughs> I think, think so. <laughs> I, 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 I think he's finally gotten some of the parts in Inquisition. And he's like, how the fuck did they do that? <laughs> Initially, it held out with the hope of holding a physical convention, but at the beginning of May, it caved. As spotted by Push Square, the press information list published by Gamescom doesn't mention Sony whatsoever, even with the Control F. You've got Bandai Namco Entertainment, Team 17, Activision, Bethesda, the works, but alas, not PlayStation. With the way the press release has been written, it is possible that Sony could be added to the lineup at a later date. Sony hasn't outright said anything as of yet. Go on, Foxes. The reason I wanted to talk about this is that I realized that like they've got their own like little thing that they got going on, especially with state of play and all that. But they do two things, miss. Yeah. Like, do you think that was planned yeah. specifically? I do. 
I wonder why. Sony's trying to, that's, I don't know if it's, for whatever reason, Sony is currently trying to forge their own path, right? They're trying to do their own thing. They're trying to build their state of players as being separate from everything else. I don't know why. That's just what they're doing. You back? Are you, are you still? Is your mind, still mind gone? gone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, so, like some of the video I games that I've position. loved growing up playing with, they just play like <clears throat> gone. Like I'm like, I don't know how they did even, it. Even I, I'm once go you try to do it, but sure. <laughs> once you start getting into watching them, you'll even start watching games you never played before and just being like, "Whoa, shit!" <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, right state of players. <laughs> They're trying to make state of players their own thing. So, like, separate from Gamescom, separate from E3 2021. They just want, they just want to get state of players to be state of players. And there's an issue with that, Foxes. <laughs> and that issue was on display quite clearly for everyone to see last Thursday. And that's that state of players. They're not that great. That's what I was wondering. I was like, are they getting that many concurrent people to keep coming back and watch? And I imagine they're getting a lot of people watching because yeah. it's a state of play and. They can't do anything. They can't announce anything, right? And generally, and you know what the rumor mill is like. There were, I saw rumors that Silent Hill was going to be announced, that Final Fantasy 16 was going to be shown, like that. And then obviously none of that happened. All we got was last nine, week. The, the biggest thing we got was like was was nine minutes of Xbox Game Studios' other biggest upcoming game, Deathloop. See, I told you I was going to bring that joke back. Bethesda acquisitions, in it. Last week's what? state of play. <laughs> last Sorry. week's state of play has over one million views on it on the oh. on PlayStation YouTube channel. So for them, it's probably a success. It's always they a success. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't care about the Discord about people saying they didn't have anything, they didn't show anything. They don't care about that. As long as they got the numbers they wanted, and that's all that matters. And if they're to them, is their numbers uh enough to warrant them not going to be at E3 or at Gamescom or anywhere else, they're not going to do it. And they're going to keep doing what they want to do and everything until the people stop watching them, which they won't because they Sony are that enigma right now where everyone's like, what they we know they've got stuff to show. What are they going to show? Wait, there's a state of play coming, but we're only going to show these games. But they could show something else. But we have to watch it then. We have to know. They might show something. Who knows? Tell us now, type Come of thing. On. And yeah. um, and then they don't show it. They just show the things that they say oh, they were going to show. And then people go, and all like that. But um, no, yeah, it's like they I didn't watch it. Neither no, did I. I yeah. Not live. I watched it like three days later. Yeah, I don't think I've seen one of them so far, actually, to be honest with you. I watched the Horizon one, which I thought was really, really good because they just showed Horizon, and I thought it was that was a really good gameplay. I really, I loved the one they did with Ghost of Tsushima. I thought that was really well done. I like the one twenty twenty two Horizon Lap- for Ben West. Yeah, uh, and I really liked the Last of Us Part Two one they did as well. I yeah, just, yeah. I like, I love ones where they concentrate on their big triple A's. and that they're, they're talking about the ones that everyone really, really wants them to talk about, and that's their exclusives. Um. They they get a lot of love for that and everything like that. I'm looking at the Horizon Forbidden West one for State of Play game reveal. That was over seven million views, and that was a month ago. So they've done that. So they're getting there. They're getting the people that they want and everything like that. So they don't mind that they aren't at E3 and everything. And as long as they're recouping what they want, it's all because them. because we've talked about recently about with them at, at like pushing, you know some of their only like their their biggest things for like marketing you know letting the little guys you know kind of like fall off and whatnot uh and also um 
just doing the whole oh, thing yeah. of like keeping a, keeping a lot of stuff in house, um, you know, specifically to PlayStation. Do you think that they could isolate themselves too much that it might hurt them in a sense of like they don't want like little people anymore? Like they in don't the... like they're because they're not going to market them unless they get paid for it. Maybe in the long, 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 long run, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But in for this entire, at least this entire console generation, no, <laughs> unfortunately oh, yeah. not. No, because 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 people keep buying it. To be fair, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the developers will want to have the games on the, the most of the thing that has the most even if they're only getting three percent of sales. Like they they yeah. put the thing that they're out on PlayStation. That's, for now, yeah, that's good true. enough. For, for, for now, like, ten years from now, we might be singing a different tune. But yeah, I highly doubt that. I mean, like, I'm, looking, I, I'm thinking I, more like t- 20, no, 30 years. No, I'm thinking uh, ten years. That. No, not that, not that, that far. Like if, if you know that we, the, I don't think it's that. I don't think. I think it's further. I think about where we were ten years ago. Two thousand and eleven. Yeah, we're still playing PlayStation 3s and Xbox 360s. Yeah, we're playing Xbox 360s. And Wii's. Actually, to be fair, everyone was playing Wii's. Um, Let's move move on to Games Out next week. (laughs) Games Out next week, ladies and gentlemen. Starting with two of the arguably ones that I think both me and Amy are very excited for. Uh, Crisis Tales, PC, the PlayStation, the Xbox... Game Pass and Switch. I believe it's Game Pass for PC as well. I'm not sure. Uh, I just Crisis... Game Pass. It's just, just yeah. said Game Pass. Yeah, Christ Tales is a gorgeous indie love letter to classic JRPGs with a new new perspective peer into the past act in the present and watch as your choices dramatically change the future. All on one screen as you play. Me and Amy have played this game. I talked about it on the last Fashion Lit reviews. I'm super excited for this game. It looks really, really good. It's beautiful. Visually, it is gorgeous. Thank you for what it says. Death's Door, PC and Xbox. Re- reaping souls of the dead and punching a clock might get momentous, momentous but it's honest work for a crow. The job gets lively when your assigned soul is stolen and you must track down a desperate thief to a realm untouched by death where creatures grow far past their expiry date. I'm not going to lie, how that was explained does not sell the game because this game does look really, really good and I'm excited for it. Fallen Night, PC, PlayStation, Xbox and Switch. Take a role of an elite an elite knight and battle your way through action pack through an action-packed levels with intense sword fighting gameplay in a neo-classic side-scrolling action platformer save the city from a deadly terrorist organization hell-bent on exposing the truth you have sworn to protect. Akibi's trip hell-bound and debriefed. PC, PlayStation and Switch. Supernatural creatures are stalking the pop culture Mecca of Kibi Bra? Akihabara. Akihabara. I used to be able to pronounce his fucking thoughts. This place, and Aki- they've turned you into one Aki- of them. Um, there, we go. there we go. Arm yourself with the Oku, a themed weapon, and expose their skin to sunlight in the HD update of the first game of the Akibi Trip series. Akiba's Trip. If you read it really fast, you'll see the pun. 
Okay. Last stop, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Last stop is the single-player third-person adventure set in the present day of London, where you play as three separate characters whose worlds collide in the midst of going to Wembley at the Euros final. That's I mean, a supernatural crisis. Sorry. Don't make me remember that. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Urban Trial... Uh, trickery, urban trial trickery. PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Grab your seat, put and pull off the more savage tricks and combos in on your motorbike. Free ride freely, spin round in the air, go back and forth, and let yourself be carried away by the fun, fast-paced gameplay, colorful visuals, and smooth controls. And finally, Orcs Must Die Three. PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Slice, burn, toss, zap, grind, grab. Massive hordes of repugnant orcs in this long-awaited successor to the award-winning Orcs Must Die series. Orcs Must Die. That's a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Yes. Death Star, Chris Tales. Holy shit, next week's going to be lit. <laughs> I think we're going to have some games to talk about in the freshman Lit Reviews in yeah. two, three, three weeks' time. time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, one of us, one of us might currently have uh, Chernobylite due out in like two weeks or now. Yes. I really actually, uh, I'm really excited to actually see what they want. Like, what is the last, uh, like, final touches? Because to be honest with you, a lot of the games pretty much finished. So I really want to see what else that they're going to throw in. You know, I'm sure it's going to be like some final Ask- touches and polish, but, you know, like, it's already a really good game so far. Ask Moody on July 28th. <laughs> it's time for Open Critic Head to Head. This is the game we play every week where we try to guess the uh, up the Open Critic average of one upcoming game. Whoever guesses closest gets one point. If you manage to guess the score correctly, you get two points. Last week, we tried to guess the Open Critic average of F1 2021. I guessed it would get an open critic average of 86. Moody guessed it would get an open critic average of 89. And Foxes, while hunkered down, sheltering from a hurricane, guessed it would get an open critic average of 91. F1 2021, at the time of recording, has an open critic average of 86. Which means Amy gets two points. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was at 85 for the longest time, and then went back up to 86 today. today. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> of course it did. I wrote this off as Moody's going to get this. Moody knows about F1 games. I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm I thought you about. would get this too, actually, to be honest with you. And then here I went I too am. high. I went too high. And here I am with my two points. Oh, yeah. Uh... Because of the other F1s being received so well, and because most fans like Moody like rated them like you know as good games, and you know he won't shut so up about high. how good last year's was. I'm yeah. dreading doing uh, a podcast I... with him this weekend because he actually, he actually, I actually, I actually have to sit and listen to him <laughs> talk about I actually F1 think 2021. It... <laughs> I really thought that uh, it would be like a 90 mini uh, minimum, so I was like, yeah, I'll go like 91, you know, like just to you know ballpark a little low, you know, that kind of sort of thing. There's None something of the in the water this year. There's something in the water this year with uh, with like game critics registered on Open Critic where nothing's just quite getting there. Nothing's quite reaching that nine. <laughs> yeah, that nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all the F1 games mostly and uh, like in the '80s foxes. So I oh, thought really? it could. Yeah, I thought it was gonna. Like I said yes last week, I said I like I went for '89. 
because I was thinking, I won't lie, I thought there was the the reviews would drop probably today or yesterday or something. So I was thinking it'll get a high score, but by like the end of next week, it'll be down to maybe like 86 or something like that. Still a respectable, fantastic number. There's no doubt about it because it's got praise like all of us, like nines. It looks eights. good. I've seen uh, yeah. you streaming it. It looks pretty cool. Like, like it does. When, look, it does look fun. When you pointed out that uh that the tire was tearing, I was like, oh yeah, that's actually kind of a cool little feature, you know? Like, yeah, I wonder, that's you know, new. That's you know? literally new for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that was in either, so I was really happy when I saw that. But no, yeah, it's um, they're all like, like I said to him last week, like since like 2015, they've really Code Masters have really like got their finger out their backsides and really have put on a cracking game where the the fans of the F1 and F1 game have really loved their games in general, and they've really done put on a cracking cracking game overall for the most part for like all the games of the year go with like uh which you'll find out my thoughts on f1 2021 and it's monday that leaves the scores as follows fox is in last place with five points keith is in third place with 10 points amy in second place with 11 points and moody in first place with 12 points still there i'm still hanging on i'm still with still in there still still in striking distance this week, we're trying to guess the open Craig average of Chris Tails. Moody, why don't you tell everybody out there watching this podcast what you have put in my Google I think Doc. this is going to be in the ballpark of what's some of the games that are all tied right now on Open Critic, and I'm going 88. Fair. I, what, I think this game, just from what I played, what I talked about two weeks ago, looks incredible. It was so good. I've been it so was excited so... for this game for so long. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it was so refreshing and so intriguing with its gameplay mechanic that with the the past and present and future mechanics they have in it, it looks really, really cool. And I hope it really does pay off in a fantastic way. Foxes. I'm rooting for this game. Hmm. It's the only person who hasn't played this. <laughs> The trial, the, the demo is still on Steam. Is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, you you want to quickly crack. download it and play it, then give us your score. <laughs> <laughs> but preferably in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> 87. I'm going to go one low. Well, for me, I've had this number in my head since I wrote these show notes this morning. Like, you, you know, like what works for me generally is going lower than everybody else. That's generally been a strategy that's worked for me. In, going in... high now. Sorry? You're going high. Oh, I'm going high. Yeah, like it's generally a strategy that works for me. But like I can't like with this game. Like I've been hyped for this <clears> game <throat> since EGX 2019. The last time we were allowed to go at EGX. <laughs> that was when <laughs> I played the game. Um almost two years ago. So like I'm I'm done. I'm going with 90. That's what I was thinking when I wrote the show notes and I put Chris Tales as the game that we were gonna do, and I was in my head going. I'm going to go 90. I think it's going to be that first game that goes to 9. Well, there's been a lot of games that have hit like the 90s, but eventually, like over the times, they've fallen down and everything down to like 80. The 88s, like right now, an open critic. There's literally because they don't four trust games. game reviewers. They yeah. suck. Right now, <laughs> right now on open critic, there's four games that are literally on 88. And that's It Takes Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Overboard, uh, which me and Amy reviewed last time on Fashion Related Reviews, and F- Monster Hunter Rise. 
four incredible games there, along with Chichikori, which was what night? What was it? Ninety, if, if I remember rightly. Uh, it was at eighty nine at one point, and then it was yeah. at eighty eight, and then fucking all those grubby little game reviewers who don't like indie games got their hand on it, and they were like, "There's no fighting mm-hmm. in this game." Shut up, <laughs> Chicory, one of the best games of twenty twenty one. And I'm I'll looking forward to playing you. that when I play it. I'm looking forward <laughs> to playing that. It. So it's all in good is, fun. Is Overboard a very good game? Very very good game. Is it? Is it's like a uh, story driven? Um, it's a murder mystery adventure. It's a murder mystery uh, adventure game. But the okay. thing about the mystery is you're the murderer. Oh, you do you do hmm. the murder at the beginning of the game, and you have to get away with it. Oh, okay. It's really, it's really good. It's really yeah. funny. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> I recommend it. Same. That is going to do it for this episode of the Words About Games podcast. We need to go because we're all for on time. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to close this podcast out with my own closing words instead of <laughs> while Mooney tries to kill a fly. I'm going to close out <laughs> with the same closing, with, with a variation of the closing words I used in last week's podcast. It's like, uh, hi, you might have watched my performance in the Words About Games podcast episode 263 exactly one week ago. And I would just like to remind everybody that I still have not left the house. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a terrible <laughs> week. <laughs> oh, crap, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry, Emmy. <laughs> Say bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Help me.